Welcome to Being Olivia, the podcast that promotes holistic wellness for women of color. Follow along as we explore our identities, take in the world around us, and create our own wellness journey. This podcast is powered by J. Olive LLC. Please be advised the content of this series should not substitute seeking professional care, advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We welcome your host, Jasmine Brooks. So welcome back uh, to Being Olivia. This is Jasmine Olivia. Um, If you have not listened to Phoenix Rising, um, please stop this um, recording and um, listen to that one because that gives you a better context about what I'm going to start talking about. Um, And so to go over this idea of like revamping what Being Olivia is, um, I wanted to share what it meant to make the decision about healing, like choosing healing. Um, I would say uh, counseling was that starting point. Um, Nothing detrimental happened other than a transition of my life. And so right when I um, started living with my partner uh, before we got married, I kind of realized that I was not um, existing the way that made sense in a healthy form for me. I was uh, reacting in ways um, and becoming angry uh, over things that didn't make sense and I wasn't able to communicate and so a lot of it was reacting physically. I was doing things such as like drinking, this is kind of even before then we moved in together, I was drinking very heavily, I was having a lot of mood swings. Um, I feel like I was being misunderstood in so many aspects of my life, including my professional life. Um, And I thought by taking another job and moving somewhere else that that was going to fix some of those things. And what it actually did was uncover some things that I didn't want to deal with. I initially didn't realize how much my childhood trauma was impacting my present. Um, I didn't realize how much little things such as flinching and wanting to Uh, avoid certain conversations or in conflict wanting to um, yell and scream and and break things how much I again was existing very negatively in my mind as well I uh, then moved in with my partner and then all this stuff just kind of boiled to the top I was overcompensating for a lot of things I was um, really putting myself to the back burner, which I hadn't I hadn't done in a number of years after moving out of my parents' house. And so to go back to that and exist in that was something that I was like, OK, this is not what I want, but I don't know how to change it. I don't know how to rethink this. Always looked at my partner and thought they were angry with me. So I was making assumptions about what they were doing how they were acting, um, and that I did something to cause that. And it took a lot of responsibility and ownership for things that didn't make sense. Um, I realized that I wasn't um, able to uh, think about uh, my friendships. So I had just started uh, allowing female friendships to exist in my life, but it still was complicated because 
I didn't I didn't learn how to have a healthy relationship with a woman. Um, and, and I don't attribute that solely to my mother, but I think just seeing all of the female relationships in my family's life, it, it wasn't anything that came, that any good came from it. Um, there was a lot of breaks in my parents' marriage because of women. Um, I was molested by a woman. Um, I was abused emotionally by a woman. And so I saw women as something that wasn't um, necessary. And so that caused me to be alone a lot of spaces and or hang out with men, which then was challenging because I'm the only woman in the space and having to hear the misogyny, the, the jokes, the criticism, the assumptions, having to speak from my own um, gender and race and intersections of those things was very frustrating. And, you know, sometimes I'd cry or get into fights with men because of those things. Um, and so I uh, ended up going to counseling um, just on happenstance because it was encouraged uh, by uh, a colleague who did my work and saying it would be good for you to go to counseling while you're working um, on sexual violence on the college campus. And I said, okay, well, last time I tried counseling was in college. That's when I had first found out I had a sister, uh, which we'll talk about way far from now. Um, but I ended up finding out a sister went to counseling a few times and it just was, wasn't helpful. I felt like I was crying and crying and crying. And I was like, this is not the emotion I want to have. It's not allowing me to feel any better. So I chucked deuces and moved on. So I was like, okay, let me try this again. Um, and what I did was uh, contact a few of a local um, counselors and just kind of ask them some questions. I specifically shared with the front desk folks, like this is what I'm experiencing. This is kind of what I'm looking to do or work on. So I said, I work um, uh, around sexual violence and advocacy and education. I said, I'm a black woman. I um, am experiencing a lot of like emotional mood swings. I'm feeling very unsettled in my transition. Um, is there anyone that, you know, focuses on that area? Is anyone that you would recommend? And so they gave me a list of folks and I kind of researched them. And I'm choosing um, Jamie Dunn uh, at the Ames uh, Psychological um, Center here in Ames, Iowa. And I recall first meeting her and I still to this day couldn't tell you what her race or ethnicity was, but it, it, it mattered to me. Um, and so I would say if you are someone that's like, hey, I want someone who can resonate with me on these common levels that are most prominent to my, like my salient identities, like my race and my gender, my, my spirituality, um, most of what we can resonate with was our family dynamics. We resonated together with our, our marriage. Uh, we resonated with kind of how we process the world and thinking about helping folks. And so that, that was okay with me. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to find someone who had a same racial ethnic identity. Um, and that was something that I wasn't able to talk to her about as much, which again, at the time, most of my issue was these day-to-day -day negative assumptions, feelings, mood swings. And so um, that was enough for me. But I would say for you, if you're like X, Y, and Z is important to me, you have to stick with that um, and, and try your best to continue to ask and follow up and ask questions. Um, see if they can help you in other areas that make sense. Because again, this whole, this whole thing of, I need them to um, 
resonate with me. I think you need to allow yourself to also build a connection with your counselor that also can help you while you're still searching. And so at the time I chose her, but was still like putting my name on waiting lists because I'm like, well, I still need help day to day. So let me just stick with you for a minute until I can get um, into who I really need. Because again, this, this stuff was blowing up. And I would say um, it's also important to think about how often um, how often you want to go, um, what you want to focus on. I specifically told my counselor because I was definitely afraid of them putting me on medication. I knew that I, I showed signs of depression, anxiety, PTSD. Like I knew I showed signs of it. And, and I told her, I'm not here to get diagnosed. I don't need you to tell me what I already know. I need you to help me process why this is happening and why is it happening right now? Because I didn't understand for the life of me that my whole life, I felt fine. And then all of a sudden something switches, some conversation happens and now I'm on grass in the middle of the day, not at work, crying for hours and hours and hours and I'm drinking and I'm trying to cope and they're unhealthy. like. I was like, what is going on? And I didn't realize that there is a transition in your life. And when that transition happens, it could be anything. That's when all of the stuff that you kind of shoved to the back comes to the front. So if you feel like you've experienced some stuff in your past that potentially could be harmful enough to your um, existence, you might not have processed it yet. Um transition happens and that's when it comes up it's this thing how it was explained to me was um your brain dumps all these pens on the floor and these pens have different colors and what your brain does is instead of trying to organize them back into their color coded um they just pick them up and shove them back into a cup and they can be upside down or whatever and what your body does is says i'm ready to deal with this now and you can't prevent your body from telling you when you have to deal with something and that's the craziest thing to me is that I'm like but I was cool everything was fine I was successful I had got a master's degree I found the love of my life I was living my best life and traveling I was good and all of a sudden boom it starts to blow up like these like small little bombs that start to you know make this this mountain of my perfect life feel like it was a molehill, right? Like it, like it was nothing. And I'm like, I can't celebrate. I can't be happy. And it was getting worse. And so, um, I, w- I would say that don't wait until that happens because now my challenge is how do I continue to be successful and carry this with me to carry this new identity of, um, healing and, and focusing on myself. I think the other thing that I would say is, what is a priority for you right now? Um, I, given that I waited so long and again, I don't, I don't blame myself. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. And I would say I was a tired child before I became a tired person and a tired adult. I had already grown up really fast. And so all of what I thought was good and okay started to unravel in my conversations with my counselors is this this isn't roses and what I thought it would be and so I think that changes how you felt you grew up 
and how you felt you managed relationships and how you felt things were and weren't your fault. When you start to see some of those things, you start to see people in your life differently. I tell my friends all the time, when you go to counseling and I kid you not, most of your counseling experience is talking about your family and talking about people in your life that's like day to day in your face, you're going to start looking at them differently. And it's going to, you're, you're going to sit here and try and figure out how to love them and hate them at the same time. He's like, how did you do this to me? How did I let you do this to me? Okay, it's not my fault. How do you still do this? And then I'm still seeing you do it with somebody else. And I'm still seeing you operate out of it. And I'm like, this is what's going to end up happening. Is it going to end up like me? Um, And then I think I'm broken. I think something's wrong with me. And so um, to go back to my initial question of how do I know it is time? You will know. And I know that sounds so cliche, but you will know when you're too tired to do it on your own and that you need someone else to help you. You trying to work on this on your own, and I mean like trying to avidly go work out or trying to, you know, hold things together and and piece things. And if you realize that you can't hold it together and your responses, you're lashing out and you're going all this grandiose like expression of emotion and it's just all over the place. You're not able to articulate anything. You're not able to breathe normally. You're having the panic attacks. That's when your body is telling you sit your ass down we need to figure this shit out like your body is going to tell you that it's going to tell you it's tired so you won't ever have any energy anymore you won't ever feel like you want to do something you will feel like every day is a freaking battle you will feel like it's a battle to wake up to wash up to think about your day to think about the future to think about all the responsibilities you have it will feel like a freaking battle And if all you do is cover it up with new passions and activities and kicking it with your friends and hanging out with so-and-so and and being on the phone with so-and-so, I'm telling you, those band-aids are going to wear out and that box will be empty and you won't have anything else to pull from. And it's over, right? And it's over meaning that it's over with whatever coping tools you feel like you have that is going to keep you good enough for you to exist moving forward. And I use prayer. Prayer was a coping skill. Prayer requires action though. And so if you are over here relying on your religion or your spirituality, you also need to recognize that this is still a responsibility for you and keeping yourself good to, good to go is that God put people on this earth to help you through it. And both can exist. Both can exist that you can go and use your spirituality. I have a wall of prayers and positive affirmations over my family, my friends and my future and my partner. All of that exists. And I still go and talk out my issues. You can decide who you want to talk to, but they also need to be equipped with helping you to manage both. Both of them, not just one, because one is just going to be a cover. And I'm mostly talking about the religious and spirituality. And this is why there's a disconnect in our community. Only speaking for black community is that we want to pray, pray over things and expect them to go away. Someone was hurt. That is now claimed. And now I have to walk around with it for the rest of my life. I can forgive, but I'm not going to forget. And my body doesn't forget. If you are curious about um, how trauma impacts the body and the brain, Google body keeps a score. It is a great book 
to kind of process why why would your body and brain hold on to things the way that it does because it's not about the devil it is about literally your body is keeping all of your stuff while your brain is wanting to keep moving forward and now i have to deal with the disconnect of that how my body is holding on to things i've kind of gotten my day-to-day mental emotional health under control but it literally is not coming down to my body and the trauma response of it and so how do you know it's time you'll know if you're listening to me right now it is time because you're curious enough to hear someone share what it means to go through these things and so i would encourage you to start researching and not give up and not assume this has nothing to do with you or that you don't have any control or you're not in a place to where um, you would have access make access you are important you are your priority so find someone to help connect you that means you calling once a day a phone number and saying hey i need to be connected to someone who has this 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 and this is someone in that space that can do that get that number you can call them make an appointment your first meeting could be an interview you can sit there and say i want to ask you some questions this is kind of what i'm going through and this is what i'm experiencing this is what i'm looking for what do you feel like you can do And also realize that you need to be willing to do the work. You need to be willing and okay to be challenged, to um, hear the truth, to hear the truth. And you also need to think about what you're going to do with yourself after that counseling uh, appointment. And so if you feel like you're going to keep going, whether that's once a week, once a month, however often you want to go, you need to make sure you have things set up in the interim. So what does homework look like? What is continued reflection look like if they can give you tools in the in the interim to help you so that you're not restarting that process 30 days from now? Because for me, I had to say, okay, I need to go once a week because when I tried this once a month thing, I felt like I was falling off the wagon. I really did. And so if you're going to start it, realize that it's an ongoing process. Your wellness is ongoing. It is not a one-stop thing. It is not getting an oil change and you can be back here 3,000 miles later. Like you are not a car. You are a whole human being. You need help. You And it's okay to need help. It is okay to invite someone in your space to offer you that help. And you have control over how much of that help that you want and you get in the way that you want it. So you can talk to your counselor and through, you know, 30 sessions later, you're like, yo, I need something different. I, I told my counselor to pull records so I can read what she was writing about me. Now I wouldn't encourage it, but I wanted to understand how she was processing with me, what I'm saying to her and what I'm, what I'm explaining. Um, and then we had a conversation about how she was interpreting me because there was a disconnect of our, our racial and ethnic makeup. She was a white woman listening to me as a black woman. I wouldn't, again, encourage it if you can help it. But kind of understand that's part of the process is regardless if they um, resonate with you. And in, in again, the identities and areas that you feel is important. Don't make an assumption still that they hear what you're saying and that they're internalizing it and then computing it out to you of what you can do about it they need to know all of what it is that you exist in just because someone i don't ever make an assumption just because someone's black they understand me um because our blackness and how we operate out of it is could be different 
and how we've experienced it, how we've expressed it. And counselors have counselors, by the way. So there is no, there is no, oh, they're perfect. They're good. They have these 30 years of experience and, and it's whatever. They still have to do a lot of learning and they're going, it's going to feel like they're learning a lot from you. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you come to a conclusion where it's too much and you're not getting anything out of it, that's when you speak up and say, I need something different from you. And can you do that? And that's when I had that hard conversation and we kind of eased off. And thankfully I found my, the counselor I wanted to go to was now available. So I would say just continue to process that. But I wanted to give you that first um, process of how do I know it's time? You will know your body is going to tell you, you need to listen to it. Uh, your body is, is the best machine Um, And I I hate to call us a thing, but it is the most amazing machine. And particularly with women, we carry life. We build life. We are life. And so all of what exists around us is going to be right in there. And we're going to hold on to it. That tightness in your chest, the tension in your neck and your back, the headaches you get, uh, the swollen feet, the lack of appetite or the the exceed exceeding points of appetite the feeling like you're crying you want to cry and nothing is actually happening in that moment that is your body telling you you are not okay and it's okay to not be okay you can still exist day to day and not be okay and I think that takes time for you to understand that Um, but the first step is where do you go and how can you ask the right questions Um, if you want more information um, about questions, I'll share that on my social media at J. Olive Wellness on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram about what questions you can ask um, counselors um, as you take that initial step. But I hope this was helpful for you. Um, and I look forward to continue talking to you about what this journey looks like. Um, but thank you for listening and take care of yourselves and each other.